Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. It is Wednesday, January 18th, and you are listening to Talking Comics. I'm one of your hosts, Bobby Shortle, and I'm in the house with Steve Say. Hello, everyone. Mr. Bob Ryer. Good evening. And, of course, on the line with Stephanie Cook. Hello. All right. Another week, another comic book podcast. (laughs) But, as I like to do, I like to jibber-jabber a little bit before the show gets into gear. How's everybody doing, Bob? How are you doing? Very good, thank you. It's raining here instead of snowing. I don't know what's happening up by Stephanie. It, it's, it feels sort of like the world's ending. It's been so warm. Yes. <laughs> we had one warm day, and then it just sort of got freezing cold. Yesterday on my way to hockey, my door got frozen shut, and mm. I tried to open it, and I had to actually drive to hockey holding my door shut because it wouldn't shut again. Not good. <laughs> That's how cold it was yesterday. <laughs> How cold was, was it? it? Yeah. <laughs> but um, how about you, Steve? How's everything going? Everything's going. My mind is uh, reeling right now as I'm as I'm listening to our theme song, and just now realizing what the two last things that are said. Mm-hmm. So it's limited edition. Yeah. First first issue, limited edition. Yeah. Um, the third one is variant cover. Variant cover. Yeah. And then the fourth one was second printing. Second printing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I never knew those last two. Yeah. And I was going to ask you, but I was listening really hard and I'm like, ah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh no, I'm doing good. I had a really really awesome week. I was uh I'm I'm going to pat myself on the back on the right. podcast really quick. Uh I was actually mentioned in the Huffington Post. Over the past awesome. week, awesome. For uh, I write a column for JoeBlow.com called Ink and Pixel, that is basically uh, celebrating all of the animation feature films of old and bringing them back into the spotlight and talking about all of the production and just all the magic and hard work that went into all these films. And someone uh, had evidently found my article, and it. Pretty much, I don't want to say that it went viral because I don't know what constitutes viral, but it was everywhere. (laughs) Uh, I had all kinds of shares. I had a really nice article written about myself. uh, And it was was really, really cool to be, um, just to be commended for for the hard work that I've put into. You know, I really busted my ass to get this going and it's nice to be recognized. And uh, I even got an invite to be on the official Joe Blow podcast. Who knows? Uh, when is that? When is gonna, that? I think that's going to happen on the 28th of this month. Very cool. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I know uh, uh, Jim Law and Johnny Moreno, they like to uh, have a little bit to drink and talk about <laughs> movies. So I plan on getting myself a bottle of Maker's Mark and just hanging back and Hopefully, I don't sound like too much of a tool. We'll see what happens. You'll be fine. 
Yes. Absolutely. Well, congratulations. Thank you. I'm excited. Very much. Um, yeah. So that's what's going on a little bit in, in our lives, a little rapping session. But let's let's get on to talking about some comic books. Book of the week time. Yeah. Um, the book you most want to talk about this week. I'm going to go first because... It's your uh, show. That and also because I... Uh, yeah. You know, my book of the week is a little different. It's kind of reverse book of the week. It's anti-book of the week. It's a book I don't like that I oh, want to talk about. Yeah. And I want to get the negativity out on the plate first, and then we can, we can end on a positive note, because I like positivity. But um, I read some good books this week, but the book that I had the strongest reaction to was actually Green Lantern number five, which is written by Jeff Johns, obviously, um, who's the architect of the entire Green Lantern universe at this point and for the last couple of years. Um Jeff Johns is a great writer, and all the stuff I've read of his before the new Fifty Two reboot, I've, I I all I enjoyed all of it. I you know, uh, Green Lantern Rebirth was actually my my kind of reintroduction to the comic book Green Lantern universe, or my introduction actually, because I never read a Green Lantern book before then, and I thought that series was great and really interesting in how it incorporates all of the different lanterns into a very interesting story. Um, his Sinestro Corps War stuff was very good. Um, I haven't read much of Blackest Night or Brightest Day, so I don't have a handle on that stuff. Um, and I also really liked Flashpoint, which is always, isn't a Green Lantern book, but it's a Jeff Johns yeah. uh, run. And I was really excited going to this, uh, him to keep doing the Green Lantern, but from the beginning I've had this problem with the fact that it's not a, really a reboot. And I've said this in almost all the reviews I've I had on the site or what I've talked about on the show and the fact that if you haven't been reading Green Lantern it's very tough to get all that you could out of the book um, it, it's, it assumes that you know who these characters are mm-hmm. being Hal Jordan Sinestro the Guardians all these people very very familiar to comic book fans not so familiar to he, Green Lantern is yeah. not despite his movie appearance is not one of the heroes that people just know this one where you could find an eight-year-old little girl and she'd know who batman is and his parents got shot by some robber and right move, move forward he lives in a cave exactly and he, or superman or spider-man right. or wolverine at this point but not the green lantern and i feel like the book completely misses the mark on that also at this point where even even aside of that we're at end of our five issue arc this is end of the sinestro arc so part one to five um and the thing about it is technically it ends fine it it, it the writing is you know, for what is there is good, and the, you know, the story pays itself off, but none of it was satisfying to me. The story itself wasn't satisfying, so the payoff to that story was not satisfying at all. Um, there's a lot of implied emotion in the book, and there's a lot of, if you know who Hal Jordan is, this would be emotional to you. You know, or if you know that Hal Jordan has been trying to make his relationship work with Carol Ferris for all of these years, this moment, this moment of catharsis will work for you. You know, if you know what the whole deal with Sinestro and Sinestro is, to my opinion, one of the more interesting characters in the DC universe, but you need to know that before reading this book or he just seems kind of like a dick. You know that, and he is kind of a dick, but you don't get the the backstory and the the struggle within him. And there's this whole thing about Krogar, you know, his home planet, and how he was did everything he did to save that planet and to restore order, and that that's gone wrong. That's kind of the idea of the book. But you know, the Yellow Lantern Corps, the Sinestro, you know, the Sinestro Corps, that's not a readily known thing no. to people who don't read the books or people who haven't read the books in the last however many years and the, the evolution that thing that has taken so that stuff is presented and you're supposed to get an idea, you're supposed to have a, a feeling about what's going on with that storyline and it's just Green Lantern is one of the bigger heroes 
in the DC universe and to to have its biggest creator not really be on board with a, a reboot a company ride company wide reboot is a little bizarre to me. It feels like he's saying, "Yeah, well, we're going to reboot the books, but not my book." You know, I have taken a long time getting this thing to be a good seller. Let's not change uh, in midstream. And DC doesn't want to throw him out the door by saying, "Well, yeah, company wide I mean, caveat. No, we're doing this whether you like it or not." Yeah, I mean, so he's their chief creative officer. Yeah. He controls every like he's the architect of everything basically, and he goes between the movie in the movie side yeah. of it as well. So, it's just it doesn't work on almost every level. There is a couple of cool action sequences that do some really interesting stuff, but other than that, it was a struggle for me to get through it. Um, and the only reason I got through it was because I was basically on spite. It was the only way I got yeah. through it. See, that's that's kind of disappointing to hear because, like I was telling you earlier, like I'm just now starting to learn about the Green Lantern universe. Like I just watched um, Emerald Knights mm-hmm. over uh, over the past couple of days. And I really enjoy the the universe and the like. All the characters, Kilowog is awesome. Yeah, uh, and there are several characters that are really cool. The powers are amazing mm-hmm. and, and such. That me being someone that's never read a Green Lantern book, that the DC fifty two, the new fifty two, is supposed to be a jumping on point for everyone. Yeah, that I you're saying I can't. No, I mean, you can jump on, but you won't get out of it what they want you to get out of it. You'll understand the base plot that's happening, and you'll be like, oh, cool, that's what the Green Lantern does. I know the Green Lantern can make things out of his ring and do this. I already um, know that. Right, I know. Yeah, I know. But I'm like, you, you knowing that, you'll get something out of it. But there, you would have to read a significant amount of what's happened in the last couple of years to really get what is meant to be got out of this storyline that sucks it, it does yeah. suck and i says my review i said you know if you've been reading the book the whole time maybe you're you're this is working for you and maybe you think it's great but for a one through five arc it just does not cut it to me at right. all and it's a shame because and you know it might be an anomaly jeff johns is a great writer and he has proven through his career that he's a great writer so i'm not gonna damn him for one bad arc but but I, I, there has to be some sort of... It doesn't make me want to read number six. Yeah. So that's not a good thing. Is this a storyline he might have had parts of going before and didn't want to let go of? I'm, I'm pointing in this direction. I need to tell this. I guarantee you that's probably what it was. Because it goes directly off the War of the Green Lantern stuff that happened right before, okay. the, right before the relaunch. So it, it's, it's, it feels just a continuation of that story. It literally feels like the least rebooted book of them all... And that's with a Batman book that's not really rebooted either. Yeah. But at least that uh, gives you an invite, an invitation in. But so that that was my stay away from this book of the week book, and it's a shame because I love Jeff Johns, and I I wish it wasn't the case. But um, I'm curious, Steph, do you know anything about the Green Lantern? Are you into him at all? Um, I knew like a little bit about him prior to this, you know, because everything really gets, I don't know spoken about when a movie gets announced and i knew a little bit about him prior to that but i can't say that i knew an outstanding amount of info on him Mm. um i did watch the movie it was god awful it was like the (laughs) worst thing i've ever seen in my life but it was like it wasn't the worst (laughs) it wasn't it wasn't the worst worst. (laughs) but it was up there it was up there with the worst superhero movie there were a lot of aspects of it that i thought were really cheesy so um but i mean yeah, Green Lantern, I wouldn't say, is a comic I'm particularly It's not on your priority with. list? <laughs> no, I mean, I like, he interests me, but mm. it's just not something that I've ever really, you know, decided to 
jump into, I guess. Now, if this book could have been more of a jumping on point, having seen the movie, would you take a flyer on it? Um, not based on the movie, but I think it would be more for the fact that I'd want to see what the movie was trying to convey that wasn't properly conveyed. Hmm. Yeah, um, right. which is probably where well the book said. should be Very well said. going. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the movie is somewhat based off of his secret origin series like the, that that he did he did a, a run that was a, called green lantern secret origin and it mm-hmm. had the abensor stuff in it and a lot of the green lantern movies lifted from that arc yeah i mean i don't want to get into talking about the green lantern movie no. too much but i just the the relationship aspect in that movie i thought was every single scene where they were trying to force the relationship mm-hmm. was excruciating and the whole the whole be like daddy flyboy thing was i i could not get into i mean that's how jordan's thing but yeah but the way they presented it in the film was it was so rushed Mm -hmm. because they were trying to fit so much to get you comfortable with the character that if they're not planning on integrating him or making a big deal with sequels and stuff why bother yeah i don't know i mean the 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 movie i like the movie a lot more than most people did i think it's silly but i think that it has some interesting stuff going on and some cool action sequences oh of course yeah the the action was the only thing that kept me going yeah um and i think a decent performance by ryan reynolds that gets lost in an over you know and a great performance by mark strong as sinestro he's always amazing yeah he was cool everything his stuff has so much life and so much feeling to it and that's uh, i was looking for for more of the movie but um yeah it's just it's been a bad year for the green lantern yes (laughs) i was gonna say uh but, um, Stephanie, you're not, you're not interested in the Green Lantern, but what is your book of the week this week? Um, so you guys may remember from last week, my book of the week was Morning Glories. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've actually spent all this time since then catching up on, you know, the issues, as many issues as I can. Um, so I'm really into it right now. And I tried to read a bunch of things today and last week and nothing was living up to this book i i'm just so into it right now um but one book that did actually catch my interest was um a new series by dark horse called dark matter it, it is i believe it's dark horse yeah it's dark horse yeah um dark matter and it's by uh, joseph Malo- malozzi and paul mully uh, mully yeah okay terrible with names that's what i am <laughs> <laughs> You're doing fine. Um, the art is by Gary Brown, and basically the story is, um, it's kind of a bit like, it's definitely been done before, I don't know so much in comics, but basically um, a ship is floating in space, the crew awakens, they have no idea who they are, um, they don't know what's going on, they don't know what they're doing in space, they're not moving, they're just stuck there. Um they can all remember their skill sets. Like they can all speak. They can all like somebody is trained with like samurai swords and that person still remembers how to kick ass, mm-hmm. but they can't <laughs> remember who they are. They've only lost their identities. That's the only thing that's been erased. Right. It's got a tone of like a, you know, a little bit like an alien or that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Or Pandorum or. I was thinking like. Definitely Pandorum. Oh, dead space and and so you know just kind of like the ship alone in a dark scary universe it's, sort of feel it's to very it. pandorum yeah. yeah i was trying to remember the movie title to go along with yeah the thought that of what it reminded me of but the, um the moment i started reading it i thought of pandorum like the moment yeah. yeah it's um it's kind of like 
I, I guess it's not so much um, like the best thing that I've read, because again, I've been really into Morning Glories, right. but it was the only thing that I read that made me want to read more. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are definite issues with it. Like this crew, they figure out that they must be like, or somebody mentions, I think, that they must be making some sort of delivery and they guess that they're delivering weapons. Mm-hmm. And among the six crew members that wake up, there's a little kid. Yes. And I'm kind of like, why would a little kid be with these guys while they're delivering weapons? He was actually my favorite character of the book. <laughs> I thought he was the only one with a personality. He seemed to know a lot of all, awful lot about medicine. So maybe some yeah. sort of like he, he seems oh. like he's going to be like the, me- like the medical law. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the Doogie Hauser of Pandora. <laughs> yeah. No, but he was like he's like he reminds me of like the medical officer. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Mm. Yes. But I mean, before you get into that, I was just kind of like, what is this kid doing here? This right. seems a little, you know. <laughs> You don't even see him come out of the pod. He's just there. Yeah, yeah he just all of a sudden there. It's like, it's all his fault. It's his <laughs> fault. He did it. Um, anyways, but basically it's just sort of like this. I don't, it, it doesn't really give you much to go on, but it's an interesting concept. And like that last, last little panel there made me really want to jump into page. number two. Yeah. And see what's going on. The interesting thing to me about it is that I, I, I really like stories like the, I like the the space jockey you know sort of feel and the 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 Pandorum aliens sort of thing going on. Um, I was slightly disappointed because it doesn't it, the threat is not as I guess scary as I wanted it to be. Like I because the t- when you see a story like that, that's what you kind of expect. We don't even know what the threat is. Well, well but I'm saying the, the cliffhanger we get the last page. I want to give anything away is much more, um, I guess, generic than I wanted it to be. You know, I I liked the mystery beginning. I like being like, well, what is this little kid doing here? And you know, who is this person? Why is this girl trained in weapons? And what is you know, what is she pulling out of the, the stasis chamber? You know, and also there's stuff. And that mystery, I love that mystery. That's why I love Pandorum a lot because I think that it has a really builds a really good mystery. And that was part of the problem for me is just like I felt like the answer to some of that mystery didn't excite me. And mm. I was hoping that it would you know, or Sunshine. Sunshine is also another example of the love, sort, sort of story. Love, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that movie. Yeah, I love that um, movie too. Actually, the part where you were just talking about where somebody pulls something out. Mm-hmm. Um, that was something <laughs> about the... I know, that sounded... <laughs> um, but basically, like, I, I didn't know if that was the, like, a problem with the art. Because it seemed to me that there just wasn't... That whole panel, I, I don't want to give anything away. Um, it was just art. There was no words. Yeah. And I was kind of like, what's going on here? Like, it... I had to read through the last, like, the couple pages before and then a couple pages after it a few times because I was like, am I supposed to be getting what's going on in this one panel? And mm-hmm. I don't know if that was a problem with the art or they meant to do that, but that I, was another... You're not alone on that because there is, like, a slight bit of, not even just the mystery of what it is, but what is she even doing in that panel is a little bit vague, and I think that's maybe a fault of the art a, a little bit. Because if you're not going to have any words at all, the art really needs to express what's going on, and that doesn't quite do the best job. There's also a couple of confusing moments where, like, uh, a, a, one of the uh, uh, one of the crew members is saying something sort of shady to this uh, other character, and I just... I I didn't know if I was supposed to think it was shady or if I was supposed I was reading it wrong and it and um, 
but I liked the book, and I think I do agree with you that even though I think it has its issues, I want to read the next issue because I like these kinds of stories. That's yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, That's why, of, like, yeah. again, I mean, I read a bunch of things, and I was I had a lot of high hopes for a bunch of the other things I read, um, but this one was the one that you know actually made me curious to find out what the hell's going on. Awesome. So Indeed. you can ask out of a first issue. Yeah. To make you want to mm-hmm. read issue two. It's now, like a pilot of a television show. Now, what's happening just, in Morning Glories? We should hear about that a little bit, right? <laughs> no? Um, if you want. I, pick, I just um, finished I just want to say I picked up the entire run of Morning Glories because of you. So kudos. so good. I haven't um, read it yet. I haven't gotten into it yet, but I have them all, and I'm eager. I, I won't tell you, like, too much about the actual story but i just finished the first arc um of the series i read one through five and um it's getting intense like there's just a lot more sinister stuff going on with this academy than the first issue led me to believe like it's just gotten so dark and it's kind of i was looking it up today because i kind of wanted to not spoil it but just sort of get somebody's (laughs) insight on it and I saw someone kind of refer to it as um, Lost meets uh, Runaways, which are two of Brian K. Vaughn's mm-hmm. creations in part. And that's pretty well a really good way to describe it. It's like Lost meets Runaway, but like in school, in prep school, in a sinister prep school. <laughs> <laughs> so the, yeah. apple, the, the apples are yeah. poisoned. Yeah. Back of the book quote. Lost means run away in a sinister prep school. <laughs> so I, it's, it's, I don't, I mean, it's fantastic. I had to pick up the rest of them. Um, I believe issue 15 is coming out this week or Tomorrow. next week. It is. Yeah. Oh, today. Today. Sorry. Today. I always do that. Yeah. It is Wednesday. Um, it is Wednesday. <laughs> so, I mean, if anyone's caught up, that's definitely something that you're going to have to pick up because I know once I get to 14, probably by tonight. Um, I'm going to need to pick up 15 like right away. Awesome. Word. Great. Steve. Hey. Hey. Book um, of the week. My book of the week. I'm going to talk about a book. Um, people may may or may not have heard of uh, a team called uh, the Luna Brothers who are actually responsible for uh, two different series. One of them is called The Sword mm-hmm. and another one is called Girls. Uh, I just recently picked up the Beautiful Girls collection. I have not had a chance to read it, but I just want to point out I absolutely love the fact that all of the pages are jet black. Really, really cool uh, Mm. way to present your book. So nice job. Anyway, uh, Whispers was my favorite book of the week, and it's rather odd that I knew that it was going to be my favorite book of the week before I even bought it. I had a feeling How did you about do that. I just I I know what I like and I I absolutely love the cover of the book. Um this guy whispering into this girl, he's kind of like a ghostly figure. He's got his hand on his shoulder. It's a very stark haunting image. And when I've I've heard of the Lunar Brothers, I've never read anything of theirs before, but I have heard of them and know that they kind of have a way of characters that are are real people in like supernatural situations now what whispers is is basically the story of an ocd uh guy named sam he's a you know young young kid young adult 
And what happens is every night that he goes to sleep, he's basically able to leave his body and he can wander around town and interact with people that he knows. Um, He can hear their thoughts. And if he's careful enough, he can actually influence their immediate thoughts, which is a really, really cool uh, plot device. And the problem is, is that as he's discovering this power and kind of like testing it out, seeing the limitations of it, is that he's realizing that he's imposing his own will onto these people in these dire situations and that his choices or suggestions for them might not be the best option. But by the power of suggestion, he's somewhat governing the way that they're dealing with their problems. And it's creating almost more problems than necessary for the people around him. Mm. Um, like I said, I, I I love the the opening the opening scene uh, hooked me. I mean, it's the beginning of the book, so I'll tell you mm. about it. It's basically a scene of him uh, hesitating on opening up a door, something as simple as standing outside mm. of a coffee shop and not wanting to touch the door. I mean, I've been through this in Penn Station where I've been going up the escalator and I don't want to put my hand on the escalator. God forbid you go into those bathrooms. My God. It's obviously because he just finished watching Contagion. Right, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I'm not I'm not OCD by any means, but I have a couple of personal tics. And with Sam, I kind of immediately identified with his paranoia. I get a little bit paranoid. What's up? The panel where he visualizes his own tombstone. Right. Mm. Right. He he touched a door handle. Yeah, right. (laughs) Here lies Sam. He touched a door. (laughs) You know? And I like that the humor of that panel. I'm glad you brought that up. I like the humor of that panel in particular because of this. It's a very serious book. It's a very emotional, uh, cerebral kind of book. But it's got little hints of humor peppered throughout especially his interior dialogue when he's interacting with his friends in this coffee shop oh rico yeah he it's just it's got a lot of quips it's got a lot of a lot of digs where i was like yeah (laughs) and i it's very haunting and it's got i love the parallel between i won't ruin it but the first page and the last page have a very satisfying uh kind of like come around full circle for one issue of a comic book, for it to make as many moves and give you as much information as far as a setup as it did, and to end where it did, it, it has me, I, I want the next issue so bad that um, it was my favorite book of the week. It really, um, my personality, things that I'm into, I love the hero books, I love, you know, the DC stuff and all this, all these things that we're reading for the site and everything, but it's when these books come along that make me really happy that we're doing this and that we're into this now because otherwise I would have missed a story like this that I would have had to wait for like a movie to come along and do this and possibly fuck it up. <laughs> you know, here you have established artists and a writer bringing you a really, really, uh, like I said, like a really cerebral story. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just I'm curious as to just how much worse it's going to get and how almost uh, I mean, you can get power hungry mm-hmm. with with mm-hmm. an ability like this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost as if you you could be somewhat of a of a god within your own social circle. 
Well, especially, too, because he's in this weird emotional place, too, where he really wants to... I don't want to spoil it for people who yeah. want to check it out, but he is really tempted right now to do something with those powers with someone in the book, but, you know, he seems emotionally conflicted. Right. Well, I think but, it's because he he has no control over his own life. When Like the example of trying to open up the door and being OCD, that when he's in this... Uh, I guess non non corporeal state that he or this like ethereal state that he can make decisions, he can govern things, mm-hmm. and that adds to his character and it makes him it makes him interesting because when he's not himself is when he has the most control over himself. Right. But now near the end he does make a mistake. It's reflected in the cover shot, which is nice that that's in the book itself, which doesn't yeah. happen often, particularly on our first. Right. Um, will that mistake? Yeah. change the way he now makes his next move through the cliffhanger. Boy, we're being really vague, but managing it so far, yeah. I think. No, that's yeah. what, that's, yeah. that's what I want to know. And that's yeah. why it was my favorite book because it is, it, it begs a lot of questions, yeah. but they're all, it's all well, it's very well set up. Mm-hmm. It's very, it, it, it tells you the kind of book that's going to be, it's going to be a little weird. It's going to be a little confusing at first, but it's also going to, put you in the shoes of of someone who's extremely conflicted but has this has this incredible ability right so would you have any thoughts i i want to talk about the art style real quick which is weird for me because i never talk about that kind of stuff but it looked to me almost like rotoscoping i know it's not obviously but it looks to me like i was just writing about that today like uh waking life or um skinner darkly i know you don't like the content of waking life i fucking hate waking life uh but skinner darkly is actually good but i also don't like waking life but that's what the uh art style reminded me of like that very almost like looks like they were real yeah like real backgrounds real people painted over is almost what it looks like to me um and i thought that was cool It, it brought I think a little bit of a more um, realistic emotional connection sure. to it because it, it almost felt uh, like just past reality, you know, close yeah. enough where you get the uncanny valley thing, but close enough where you identify them as real people and not something else. Right. Um, I, I I think right. It's good. My favorite part about the writing is that it does lay down hooks for the next the next idea and i like that he has a serious character flaw that will obviously you know yeah. mirror and yeah. go and answer them to what he's doing in both of his states and the I'll, go ahead I'm no sorry. no that's yeah. no which i which i which i think is an interesting idea yeah. because it's interesting to make you know it's, it makes sense to make a hero not have a, a, a character flaw so you can balance that out but to mm-hmm. have somebody who's not necessarily not a hero and not strong also have a character flaw mm-hmm. i think is like a brave and very very indie film thing to do yeah. in oh, a comic great. book. Yes, perfect. you know. Yeah. I like the um there's one panel that I'll talk about that I'm done that um when he's he's washing his hands, O C D that I mean I've watched I don't know anybody with O C D really, mm-hmm. but I've watched a lot of specials on it. I've done a little bit of studying it in in college and stuff like that. That um the language, his his interior monologue of the language of somebody that has O C D is so true to what I've seen that they either did their i mean obviously they did their research but they they nailed it mm-hmm. yeah you know it's i i feel like this character is conflicted and that that's uh, i'm all right <laughs> what's up bob what do you got hey, what's your book of the week bob uh, i'm going i guess to come back around full circle very mainstream it's captain america number seven okay and still ed brubaker 
but we've gotten Steve Rogers back as Captain America, and the art's been good up until this point, but you need to show the heroism of it. So they brought back a guy named Alan Davis, who had a great run on Detective in the 80s, did Excalibur, and some X-Men were Captain Britain. He's always on model. His characters stand heroically. They look like they're supposed to look. They're very emotionally drawn that you can see it in their faces. And if we're going to bring Steve back to have him be the Captain America we we anticipate Mm -hmm. after two years of trials and tribulations and death, you had to go with this sort of style. And they found the right guy here. He is just amazing. You've got a a story here that ties back to World War II. Cap is questioning himself. Mm Mm-hmm. He's starting to have bad dreams of being depowered and odd things are happening. There's another world creeping into this. He's trying to sort it out. We still have Agent 13, Sharon Carter's around. We've got Thor and, and, and Iron Man. This is an old-fashioned Marvel book with new storytelling. For me, this is where things could go, and I'd be really, really happy with this. <laughs> nice. It, it's still the darkness that we like, but even Stan had that. But now there's a little bit more of the heroic nature of what made comics fun to read before. Right. Um, for people who don't recaps in America, like, how is it to, if they picked up this issue, would they be able to suss out what's going on or should they go back a couple issues? You're going to have to go back a couple of issues. Okay. But not too far back. You're All not right. going to have to go back to him dying and reading another year's worth of books. But right. You're going to have to go back three or four months just to okay. see how we got to here. Okay. And where this is going to go. But I, I think you're going to see an interesting layered character. Interesting. Which is when Cap is at his best. It, it, was, it was the man out of time thing in the 60s, which worked well. But then it was, okay, in the Watergate era, it was, okay, do you want to defend a government that can't defend itself that is in these bad places? Mm-hmm. And Cap's always reflected what time he's in. And now we kind of need Captain America. It sounds really hokey to say it, but right. we, we got a really messed up country right now. <laughs> and so maybe we need some of that. So I'm very happy to see this, uh, see Alan Davis on this book. Are you, um, next month, the Winter Soldier, the new Winter Soldier book starts, mm-hmm. right? Is that Brubaker as well? Yes, it is. Are you excited about that book? Yes. I'm also excited about the book. I'm definitely going to pick that up. I'm excited to get back in get, or get into the Captain America universe. universe. Is that a, a number one? It's a number one. Yep. I, too, am excited that. <laughs> yeah. um, and, I mean, if anybody hasn't read it, the, uh, I don't even know what volume it is, but it's the Winter Soldier arc from a couple of years back with Brubaker um, and Epping, Epting? Steve Epting, yeah. Epting, um, it's amazing. And I read it right at the time the movie came out, just to kind of get some Captain America, my Captain America Jones and on and it, it was great and it's like and you can even you can start with that run and be okay and have to worry about as long as you know who captain america is you'll be fine can i do is it a is a, is a bucky spoiler here or people should know I, people, this it's a comic book podcast but okay. i don't know if he right. wants, but steve probably doesn't know <laughs> oh shut up <laughs> yeah. okay i'm, I'm saying happening. nothing we'll, we'll, we'll wait we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll wait. talk about no, it no we'll no yeah well if they do a captain america 2 that's gonna be spoiled that's, anyway yes. but um Okay, great. Captain America number seven. Number seven. Um, what? Can I ask you a question? Sure. I go in the comic book store. I see the shattered heroes thing on top of the books. What is that? What does that mean? It's it's that fear itself. Okay. Miniseries they had where the heroes were confronted with their greatest fear and so on and so forth. So okay. that's where this goes to at some level. It isn't necessary to have bought all those other tie-ins. If all right. you know something about Captain America and his origin. Mm-hmm. Where we're headed here makes sense. Is okay. this after they've been broken by their fears and that's why they're shattered? 
Yeah, but in this case, skip skip the logo over the top. Right. It, it's a, it's it's what where Captain America comes from. Oh boy, <laughs> and and what he's afraid he might go back to. Okay. Ah, interesting. Indeed. Very nice. All right, so we're done with the we're more done. book of the weeks. Book of the weeks. We're going to go off the beaten path. Off the beaten path. With Steve, what do you have for us off the beaten path? All right. Well, week? when I'm not uh when I'm not reading books about uh giant breasted fairy tale women and uh <laughs> ghostly figures uh influencing the thoughts of their friends. <laughs> um I like to relax with a little bit of something more lighthearted. Mhm. Now let me ask you. Let me ask you all a question. Did you guys all have these uh, scholastic uh, book sales that would come to your schools? They, scholastic like, they, book fairs. Yeah, book yeah, fairs. Book right. Fairs. They would wheel in like the the red uh, can whatever the hell they're called. What are they? Library Racks? carts. Carts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Right. Okay, you check off the little boxes and mm-hmm. the flyers. You beg your parents for mm-hmm. a check that day. All that. Yes. All right. Absolutely. Well. There's a book that uh, is actually put out by Scholastic, and it's by Dan Santat called Sidekicks. That is what I would put the equivalent of like a Saturday morning cartoon, like a, like a pilot episode for a Saturday morning cartoon in a comic book. Uh, pretty much what it is is the story of Captain Amazing. Of course, he lives in Metro City because every wow. every superhero <laughs> lives in Metro City, right? And um, he's getting old. He's getting old, he's uh, he's getting a little freaked out, his bones are getting a little rickety, and it might be time for Captain Amazing to uh, retire. So they, they put it to him that maybe he's got to start looking for some sidekicks. Now, it so happens that this is a world where it's perfectly acceptable to have your household pets be your super sidekicks. He used to have one, disappeared. So the pets that are left in the house actually get it in their heads that quite possibly they could be the next sidekicks, but they have to prove themselves. And uh, pretty much what it is, it's a uh, Roscoe is the dog. You have Fluffy, who is a absolutely hilarious uh, hamster. And uh, Manny, who shows up later, is a, uh, is a cat. And then my favorite character in the book is Shifty, which is a uh, googly-eyed chameleon (laughs) who (laughs) every, I swear, every panel that this chameleon was drawn in, I smiled, I laughed, I I did something very childlike. (laughs) And um, I really, I just, I wanted to bring it to everybody's attention because it's a really, really, really fun book. And we're always we're always reading books that are sometimes very serious, very violent, or very heroic. Or the book has a very heroic edge to it, as the the pets kind of try to prepare themselves for these auditions, and they want to prove themselves to their master. Because we know every good pet loves to be loyal and loves to you know to to show their compassion for their master. But um, it's just it. It's something that you can read with your kids. I know a lot of. I was talking to a few people over Twitter over the past few days that said that they would check this out because where do you even where do you even begin? Do you go and you buy like Disney books and mm-hmm. Nicktoons and all of that stuff? Right. Like maybe you don't want that. Maybe mm-hmm. you don't want those those characters that are so like in the culture and they've they're already established you don't need to go on on adventures with scrooge mcduck and huey dewey and (laughs) louie and you know all of that 
So uh, Sidekicks is a book that like if you had like an 11 or a 12 year old that you can you could sit down with them and you can read the book with them. There's no like harsh language. There's no like verbose dialogue. Um, you really could you could sit down with them and you can actually introduce them to the world of graphic novels or comic books by way of this. And it's a lot of fun. It's lots of like cartoon antics. And I just, I really, really enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I, I really don't have much else to say other than that. It was a, a, just a ton of fun. So if you're looking for something a little different, something a little bit more lighthearted, um, I got through it in one sitting. It moves very quickly. And like I said, it plays out. It's like a, like a DreamWorks, Pixar kind of presentation. Very funny. Very uh, adorable, for, for lack of a, of a better term. And uh, just, like I said, a good time. So I, I recommend it if you're looking for uh, something to share with the whole family. Excellent. Yes. No, it needs to be more all-ages books, more fun books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Is like we are, we're always reading all these, like, you know, these big, beefy books. And then the, I found this on, uh, I think it was called The Nerdy Bird. Uh, not The Nerdy Bird. The Nerd... Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> the Nerd Book Club or something like okay. that. It was their number one like indie book. And I, I got in touch and I, I got a hold of the book. And uh, I loved it. I enjoyed every page of it. It was nice to sit down on my couch with my cat and relax <laughs> and just read it to my cat. It was great. <laughs> Very nice. Good job. Sidekicks. You, a book to chameleon? read to your cat. Oops. No, go ahead, Steph. What's up? I was just going to say, when you're talking about the chameleon, it kind of reminded me in my head of uh, the chameleon from Tangled. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Like he he can totally blend in with uh with you know the night and the background. So he's already got like his own built-in superpower. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hamster, even though he's a hamster, he feels like he needs an outfit. So uh, <laughs> Captain Amazing has got like all of his super friends action figures on a shelf, and he steals <laughs> the the costume of one of these action figures that looks like Captain America. So he's running around like Captain America. The cat. Um, as you know, they, they scratch a lot. They walk along the floors. The cat has like a static electricity power, stuff like that. And, um, it's just, it's super fun. It's super cool. And it really is. It's just adorable. I had a good time with it. Great. It's great. Very positive for something we're going to our topic, which is not going to be so positive because some books got cut from the DC new 52 and some books got added as well. And so we're going to talk about all of those things right after this. Alright, we are back here to talk about our topic of the week, which is the new 52 cuts, followed up by the new 52 additions. Now, um, Stephanie, you wrote an article all about this on the website, TalkingComicBooks.com. Why don't you lead our discussion? Yes. So, as you guys were all probably aware, um, if some of the books didn't do so well from the new... DC 52, they weren't going to keep them around just for the sake of having 52 comics in the new DC 52. Um, But with that being said, there will be 52 comics additionally, all in all, once this is all said and done. But we are planning our farewells to the following comics. 
Um, so the cuts are Blackhawks, uh, Hawk and Dove, Men of War, Mr. Terrific, OMAC, and Static Shock. Um, all of those titles will be no more um, as of April, and they will all have had an eight-issue run by the end of it. Um, apparently, all of the characters from the cancelled books will be appearing in the other DC Comics 52 series in some ways, but other than that, their individual stories are getting cancelled. I haven't read any of those ones yet, so I will pass the rest of that over to you guys to discuss. Well, you know. uh, I have I have read um, Blackhawks and OMAC. Those are the two books on that list that were mine when we kind of started this whole shindig. And um, I can tell you, I'm not disappointed in OMAC being done. I except except for a pretty good issue number two, the the series was. I felt like some sort of weird, incredible Hulk ripoff, you know, with a very kind of a Bruce Banner type of character, you know, running away from the people trying to pursue him, except there was this whole kind of alien thing added on to it. You know, this wow. this whole, well, that's what OMAC, OMAC was turned into OMAC by this kind of alien intelligence thing that was like controlling him. That's what it was. And it just, it, I, I understand what it was trying to do. It was trying to be more old school. It was trying to be kind of silly and broad, and that was fine. I understood what it was going for, but I never thought it quite hit the mark except for that one issue. And um, as far as Blackhawks goes, I'm actually disappointed that Blackhawks is being canceled. It was a book that I had no interest in when I read the first two issues, but since then I feel like it's really coming to its own, and it's a really solid good read and it fills stretches kind of like that gi joe itch with this ridiculous you know hugely technological advanced military team that all big personalities and i thought it it fit really well in the same way i like demon knights for its big personalities but set in like the medieval times um so i'm I'm disappointed by that but i understand why that got Mm -hmm. canceled um i guess for the blackhawks there is something if you said like the gi joe type thing there is something that will replace that but we will get to that yes um the other books um huck and dove from what when brian used to write for us and be on the show he hated every issue of it that he had read so that doesn't surprise me plus it's an awful looking book who knows what huck and dove is a lot of people actually on twitter were into huck and dove which i was actually surprised to find it as silly as it sounds, I mean, I, I I was surprised to find it on the list when I read the list. I was I was like, really? No, I can tell from my local comic store, he gets one copy of Hawk and Dove. Really? Yeah, when the other books are in the piles of 20s and 30s and up, he gets one. That's harsh. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was the book when I first saw the list. I was like, well, that book's not going to last. Yeah. <laughs> um, I flipped through I some of these. Blackhawks... I loved in the 60s, mm-hmm. you know, and it was a leftover book from World War II, and it is that G.I. Joe thing, but they were there way before. Right. It, it has some interesting things going on in it. Yeah. But it's, are military books where we're going right now? No, because all of them like, got canceled, like, yeah. except, and they're bringing one back, back. but um, 
Men of War, Brad hated every time he every time he read it. Yeah. Mr. Terrific, he didn't like. The worst character from the Justice Society did not deserve his own book to cancel the entire Justice Society. It's such yeah. a mediocre sounding name to Mr. Terrific. I just yeah. I have just a quick word about OMAC and Static Shock. Yeah. Uh, I remember working at Best Buy uh, quite a few years ago and getting uh, Static Shock's first uh, direct-to-DVD movie. Mm-hmm. And honestly, not knowing that he was an established character, but thinking that it was almost a joke that <laughs> this character even existed. Right. It just seemed so juvenile and so silly and so trying to appeal to that like Tonka truck generation of kids still playing with like heroes firefighter sets and stuff like that. Mm. And as far as OMAC goes, I mean, I know, and again, another... Uh, character that a lot of people seem to be disappointed that it had ended for him. But I've never read anything OMAC, don't know anything about him, but I can tell you from me personally, I don't like the design mm-hmm. of OMAC. Like, I look at him and I don't want to read his comic. I hate the like the merman fish mohawk thing on the top <laughs> of his He still has head. a mohawk. Oh, it that's good. It drives oh, yeah. me insane. Oh, yeah. It drives me insane. I mean, call me whatever, but I just... I see that, and I just, I have no interest in, like you said, a Hulk, like a behemoth, merman-looking thing that just looks like he's pissed all the time, he's lifting people up, throwing bread. I don't care. It starts I just to sound like Savage Dragon. Yeah. No, yeah, kind of, yeah. a little bit. But I just, I don't know. I have seen every time that we've gone in to pick up our books, I've seen the OMAT, and every time I've had it, I'm like, eh. Right, yeah. So, and Hawk and Dove... I'm sorry, but it just looked like a bad idea from the start. So okay, apparently we're not very upset about the books I got cut. No. I wasn't no. upset. I've, I regret not having read Blackhawks, but mm. I already have my, my team book, Stormwatch. So, uh, you know, I'm good. Cool. And apparently most of the characters, or sorry, all of the characters from the canceled books, as I mentioned, will be making appearances in the other DC titles. So... They won't be gone for good, just their individual stories. Again. Right. Um, um, speaking of the new books, what, are, what what new books are we getting, Stephanie? Um, so I guess I'll start with the very first one on the list, which is Batman Incorporated, which is going to be written by Grant Morrison with art by Chris Burnham. Um, so I'm going to guess that a lot of people are going to be excited for that since it's a Batman. Because we need another Batman book. Yeah, because yeah. we need more, of, more well, Batman. you know... <laughs> It's still Batman. I mean, yeah. I'm thinking there's still going to be at least a couple people excited for that one. Um, just, just a guess. Yeah, I actually just finished reading. I read it yesterday. Um, Batman Incorporated, Leviathan Strikes. It was a one-shot that came out, I think, two weeks ago. And uh, it was really cool. The The concept for the whole Batman Incorporated thing of him having like a global army mm-hmm. of Batman and several people wearing the suit... And even, um, the, the hell they call them, robots, which <laughs> I think is just so clever. I'm sorry, it's stupid, but it's it entertains they me. one letter. What? <laughs> they changed They changed one, one letter. letter, but you know what? It worked for me. Like, are the robots ready? And I'm like, oh my God, that's so neat. Robots, whatever. Um, 
the Leviathan Strikes was uh, it was entertaining. It was really cool. It was kind of broken up into a couple of different stories that covered a lot of the groundwork that they're trying to lay for this whole Batman mm-hmm. Incorporated thing. And the fact that he's got so many people on his side and there's so many people stationed around that can handle different crises around the world. Mm-hmm. Crises. 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 Um, it's, I'm excited. It's cool. I mean, it's a, it's one of those storylines that is left over from before the relaunch. Mm-hmm. It was something that they were doing beforehand, and it was one of the things that people were upset about that got canned when they when they changed it because it yeah. seemed to be something that wasn't big in the DC universe. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Batwing, who is, has a book right now, is part of the Batman Incorporated, but yeah. he's the African Batman. But my problem with it is that it feels to me, and much like the next book we're going to talk about as well, yeah. it feels to me like DC not following through on their whole, this is all new universe. Right. You know, it feels like this is all new universe, except when we decide there's something we want to take from the last universe and bring it over. Mm. You know, and so that's my only problem with it. It's written by Grant Morrison. Good. You know, like that, that's awesome. And I yeah. will, I'm definitely going to pick up issue mm. one. And see and see what the deal is, and if I like it, I'll keep reading it. That's always, of course, the most important thing. Yeah. But it just it's more it's it's less the actual book and more what in my mind the book signifies. Right. That kind of bothers me a little bit. I mean, Bob, did you read any of the Batman Incorporated before? No. This? Okay. No. So to me, it's a whole brand new concept. Right. Interesting. It's little Big Brother. And yeah. that's where Bruce Wayne is now. He knows how to take down everybody, do everything. Mm-hmm. So they're heading that way. The but, Batwing yeah. book was interesting. I read the first two issues. It was definitely cool, and that character was 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 a neat character, and I liked that idea. I, I just, I, I'm wondering how they're gonna do it. You know, if they're well, just taking right over from this prior storyline, then that feels a little weird to me. If they're reestablishing it, right. then that's different. You know. Well, I my my attitude on it is this: is that as far as like there are so many Batman books in the DC 52. You have Detective, you have. Batman, mm-hmm. Scott Snyder's Batman, you have a couple others, that the Scott Snyder's Batman has really been the standout uh, Batman book of all the one. I mean, the last issue of Detective Comics was awful. Right. I read it. It was terrible. Mm. And I just, the only reason why I, I, not the only reason, but one of the reasons I'm excited is because I know it's another Batman book, but maybe it'll be another Batman book that's worth yeah. investing yourself in. Absolutely. That's a very good point. Stephanie, are you going to pick up Batman Incorporated? Um, I'm undecided yet. I definitely love the Batman universe, but I mean, I think I'll probably wait for the first issue to see sort of what everyone's saying about it before I invest my what little money I have. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. um, what can you tell us about Earth 2? Um, well, yes, that is the next book that we were going to talk about. Uh, so it's written by James Robinson, and we have uh, art by Nicola Scott. Um, so this is another book I think that's controversial as far as the DC New 52. Um, I believe this is what you were talking about, Bobby? Yes, it is. I'm waiting yeah. to rant. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I will just let you guys get into that one because... Yeah. Well, okay, let me take a shot at yeah, this. Yeah, Bob, you should talk first, about this because you're the first, most about right, it. First of all, now you three are new to this. Mm-hmm. Does Earth 2 mean anything to any of you people? I mean, I know what it is because I because of the, the Crisis mm-hmm. stuff I, and Crisis on Infinite Earths, which I've seen the DC, the movie. Okay. Which So I understand what it is. And I, I and from talking to you, I understand okay. what it is. But 
but I, I think you should explain it. I know nothing. Yeah, okay, explain Stephanie. It. No, I I know a little bit of it. Um, the first few comic books that I actually owned were actually those Infinite okay. Crisis, Crisis Two things. So I'm sort of familiar, but not okay. Hundred well, percent. We, we begin with it's it's a Flash story. It's Barry Allen giving a performance on stage twirls around, stops, discovers he's not where he was. He's now not in Central City. He's in Keystone City and finds the Golden Age Flash, who he read about in comic books, is a real person living in this city. And he goes and visits and they have an adventure. And a year or so later, they did it again and then eventually crossed over the Justice Society, who had now come out of retirement. They were in their 40s, older people. And then every year there was a JSA-JLA crossover. That... DC decided at some point was too complicated for people to figure out and then wrecked it all in the 80s and then wrecked it all again in the 90s and again in the 2000s and again two years ago. And it's all gone, except that Power Girl, who we're going to talk about in the next book, World's Finest, was the last person who remembered there was an Earth 2 somehow. And then they blew her all up and now we're starting in again and it just strikes me as, I don't know, opportunism. They're trying to get me back mm-hmm. because I got disgusted when they destroyed these legacy characters and their mentors who I loved. And I'm the kind of guy, I this was not a jumping off, jumping on point for me, it was a jumping off point for DC. Right. So they want my money back? Yeah. Kind of? I mean, again, it's, 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 it speaks to me of them them acting like they were doing something drastic and big but really leaving themselves out all over the place sure. to backtrack and so what they in fact just did was add another layer of continuity that they're going to have to at some point do some sort of yeah. crisis on multiple dimensions you know multiple timelines fix it which was flashpoint was supposed to do now we have earth 52 right yeah exactly exactly and that's and i hope that's not what happens but this is what this all smacks me i'm excited to read the book for what it is i'm excited to read about those characters it's somebody who has been on the uh, in that universe before james robinson mm-hmm. so i want to read those stories but i just worry that the, that they're deconstructing everything that they have tried to do in the last five months by now now yes. we're going back to multiple dimensions again yeah. and mm-hmm. so I, I just don't know that 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 bothers me but that's just again a more overview thing than a, just a book thing sure if this is earth 2 and it's the classic earth 2 are these heroes from world war 2 mm. which is where they were before is there now the earth 1 which was the superman batman silver age mm. right earth, how robinson may be able to explain this but is jeff johns going to play in this ballpark too right who knows Since he doesn't want to reboot his book right who knows who knows absolutely who knows uh. Mm. I'm sorry. I, I apologize for that old man rant. But no, I, good. Ju- I, just information. Had to, I just had to go there. I like it. All right. What about the next one? All right. So the next one we have on our list is actually bringing back a couple of characters that people were really angry, kind of got left out of the DC 52. Mm. Um, I think the number one on that list, as far as lost characters, is Power Girl. Absolutely. Um, oh, yeah. So she's making her reappearance in world's finest which is going to be written by paul levitz uh with art by george perez and kevin mcguire um power girl great is team joined by huntress and they are stranded in a parallel reality 
and are trying to find their way back to Earth 2, which ties into our previous book. Mm -hmm. Now, which Huntress? Do we know where we're at here? Is it the daughter of Batman and Catwoman, the Earth 2 Huntress, or is it this Huntress from here, the daughter of a mob boss? I I think it's implying that it's Earth 2 Huntress, Okay, but I don't know 100%. Um, I actually read the first two issues. I know you were mentioning that they weren't part of the 52, but I actually picked yeah. up the first two issues of Huntress. And I was really, really looking forward to it. And I was so disappointed with it. Mm-hmm. Issue one and two, in my opinion, were the same book. Oh, they The events of both issues one and two, it was like, it was like issue two was a retread of book one. It was the same thing. It was go go save these people and then reset, go and save them again, and chase. Twice. That was it. That twice was it twice. Now, two books in a row. That was twice. Right. Two books in a row. So I'm really hoping for me personally that World's Finest um, kind of puts Huntress into a better uh, spotlight for me because I really do like her character. I've seen her in other things mm-hmm. that I've read, and I do dig her when she shows up. She's badass. But that particular, it was like, it was just not good. I mean, it's, at least it's putting George Perez back where he belongs, which is drawing a book and not writing, writing a book. Because right. he's a subpar writer. I mean, the, super, the Superman book is not good. The, his super, the mainline no. Superman book that he'd been writing. Um, it's interesting, you know, it's, it, it feels to me also, it's just like, it's a brand. World Finance is a brand. They've used it for many other things mm. than just this, you know, Batman and Superman. That's how it should be. You know, that's yeah. what, that's what World's Finest is. That's what I saw. I was like, oh, that's interesting. They're going to do... Nope. No. Yeah, and I think that's... They're just using a name to bring in people. But maybe, maybe it'll be a great book, so maybe it'll be worth it. Well, you've got you know? Levitz. Maguire, who did um, Justice League International after right, yeah. Giffen. So mm. it could work out. Good I'm, team. I'll buy that mm. for a while. All right. So uh, what's up next, Stephanie? Um, so the next one we have is Dial H. Um, I don't know too much about the author. Um, it's by China Mieville, Mieville? Um, mm-hmm. who is, it's the first series from this author, and um, it's a novelist. She, he, 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 he. I don't know. Sorry. It's a dude. I'm not familiar with who <laughs> this person is. Um, but it's their first uh, ongoing series. Uh, so that could be interesting. And the artist for it is Mateus Santaluco. You say that very nicely. It's like a, it's yeah. like an, it's like an, um, kind of, well, I, I, it made me actually think of, uh, whispers. It's like an every man gets superpowers and has to cope with it. But what struck me about it, I was looking at, uh, the one panel of art that they gave you for it, that it was this guy, he was on, um, like a payphone. And he looks terrified by what he hears on the other end of the phone. And there's this really, really like sinister, dark, sick looking, um, like evil entity with this top hat and hollowed out eyes and like sunken skin. And it's all like shadowed and black. And it's, it's kind of holding him. And I mean, for me, that was the book of the six that were announced that I was like, I'm going to read that. Mm-hmm. Um, just the, I mean, the art alone. I mean, I like the idea of, I love the idea of ordinary people being bestowed with powers and learning to cope with them. I love a good origin story. Mm-hmm. Some of my favorite stuff. Um, I always love a good training montage whenever I'm watching a movie. Like whenever they do the whole thing, I'm like, yay. But anyway, um, 
that's the one of the six that I'm looking uh, the most forward to. I mean, Bob, you were telling me yeah. before that it's it's kind of a classic. It goes way back to House of Mystery, early 60s. A little boy, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, finds an outer space phone dial. And whatever he dials, he gets a power. And each mm-hmm. issue, he had a different power. So it's Bill and Ted's excellent power adventures. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it was an all ages book. Even then, it was very light in tone. Obviously, we're doing something different now. Yeah, probably. Very much. Um, so, Stephanie, you spoke before about a returning military book. I guess that's what's up next. Yes, that is. So we've got GI Combat, which is the next on our list. Um, we've got, let's see, JT Krull? 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 I think it's Krull. 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 He writes um, okay. Captain Adam. I just don't know how to say the name. That's all. (laughs) And then the artist we have is Ariel Olivetti. Um, I don't. There's there's a whole bunch of other writers listed with it. Yeah, they're doing backups. So they're doing like those the 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 few pages at the end of each issue. They're doing separate stories. Oh, I gotcha. But yes. So for anyone who's missing Blackhawks, this Mm. should hopefully fill in. That. It Man. looks as if they're going. They're doing another set of old stories. The war that time forgot. It's soldiers and dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Okay. Dinosaurs. I like, that's that's I like dinosaurs. That's what it was. Dinosaurs <laughs> gets everyone's attention. Jurassic Strike Force. <laughs> yeah. The Di- issue that's not an issue. Yeah. Dinosaurs with big army helmets. Yeah. Nice. Um, it seems like it's going to be sort of an anthology, not an mm-hmm. anthology, but maybe like like we're doing All Star Western. Where it's having multiple stories in, in in one book, um, I have no interest in reading it. <laughs> Me neither. No, if I want, I mean, I know we talked about it before, but Peter Panzerfaust has that military vibe to it. Mm-hmm. That's my military book for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we have uh, was it one more book to talk about? Yep, just one more book, and that last one is the Ravagers. Um, so we've got writer Howard Mackey, and the artist is Ian Churchill, and it's the spinoff from Teen Titans and Superboy. Yes. <laughs> I don't know too much about this at all. Uh, honestly, just reading the synopsis doesn't really... Well, it's what is it? It's uh, it, attention, but I don't know how you guys really feel about well, it. Super so. superpowered teens are on the run, and they're fighting against an organization that wants to turn them into supervillains. Oh. Mm-hmm. So it's Runaways. It's Brian K. Vaughn's Runaways. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. other series of the six. Besides, I mean, Batman Incorporated is is is, is a duh, but uh, the Ravengers is the only other one that I'm really like super interested in seeing. Um, I like the idea of of being on the run and and constantly I don't know being chased and um, trying to change to change who you are. Mm-hmm. I think I'll, is really I'll cool. I'll tell you read the Runaways instead. There you go. <laughs> Want to know why? Because it's Brian K. Vaughn, and that means it's guaranteed. Yeah, to but I'm going to read the Runaways anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, no, you can first. only either read the Runaways or the Ravagers. <laughs> Never. Yeah, That's one. it. Desert That's Island. It. <laughs> yeah, you pick one. Um, uh, the the idea sounds uh, cool enough. Um, I don't know the team at all, so it, that yeah. doesn't hook me. Um, and I think that I think Lobdell is doing a good job with Teen Titans and a pretty good job with Superboy. So uh, it's interesting what characters they are spinning out of it. But as my the thing I'm most interested in is because is how this all fits into the universe at large. Absolutely. You know, um, Dial H and GI Combat seem more like books that are going to be kind of outside not outside the universe but i'm not going to really intertwine mm-hmm. with and this is purely going off just what they're about they don't seem like they're going to fit into the dc hero milieu like like the other books will 
Yeah, maybe the dark Justice League sort of. Well, that brings side about of maybe another yes. question. That's a good how point, do you? Bob. How do you? How does everybody feel about like these six being the replacements? I think these six are Batman Incorporated may last because it's got Batman in the title for a while. Mm. And as much as I like Earth Two, that's been canceled four separate times. There, these are five books that will be gone a year from now. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're great yeah. titles to no. replace the six that are going away. The Dial H actually is the one that sounds the most interesting to me, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. They really don't seem like very strong titles to help support DC 52's cause. Like, I agree. Bob, I mean, you were a DC reader before this happened. All the way back when there wasn't even Earth 2, yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> what characters would have you liked to see and come back that aren't, that, that are, that aren't coming well, back. Look, I'm thrilled we're, we're going back to the Justice Society. And right. it's great, but they shouldn't have gotten rid of it in the first place. Right. So at this point, them bringing it back for me and my generation of people who aren't reading the books now, the whole thing really needed to be not necessarily bringing back old characters. They should be more consistent with this universe. It should have been a, a true reboot. Mm-hmm. Bring new people in, have new all-ages books because the flaw of the whole thing is you need new readers at the bottom of this. I started reading comic books when I was four or five years old. Mm-hmm. And that was they were in drugstores and barber shops and the dentist's office. And you picked them up and there were funny books and funny animal books and romances and westerns and superheroes. Mm-hmm. And you got dragged in to the larger universes that, as you went. To have books that are so still isolated that you need to know all of Green Lantern's back history... Mm-hmm reintroduce these characters their origins the iconic superman batman wonder woman not play with five years ago this happened and this and then the books and the timelines don't match up go for it introduce new characters or tell us uh, the new martian manhunter story right don't this going backwards to try to erase the the new lines they just drawn just strikes me as odd very good point bob very good point i think that's what we'll close on too for the topic um if you guys uh out there in radio land uh, agree with us or disagree with us um, info at talkingcomicbooks.com or hop on our twitter at talking comics and let us know uh, what you think or leave a comment on the site uh, on the article it's, it's on the featured slider and let us know what you think um I will be probably on the site right now. There's an editorial about pretty much what we just talked about yeah. that I wrote about what I think is wrong with the DC New 52, and that includes some of the stuff that's happening right now with these incorporated things. So leave your comments there too, and we'll talk about them next week on the show and uh, get you guys involved. Um, also, um, we're going to get into the, this week's releases, but before that, just also um, subscribe to the podcast on, on iTunes. Um, it really helps us out, and you don't have to do anything to get the podcast ever again. I'll just automatically download. Please review it on iTunes. It really helps. It really helps people when they're looking for random podcasts. If they see a, a podcast with reviews, they're more likely to download that podcast than they are to download some podcast that doesn't have any reviews at all. And um, if you like us, we'd really, really appreciate it. It would really mean a lot to us. Um, and, you know, tell a friend. If you have a friend who reads comic books and you know, you think you'd be interested or she'd be interested, please let them know. Tell people your local comic book shop when you're in there and let them know you listen to a, a cool podcast that talks about comic books and, and stuff. Um, so, yeah, please do that. Um, it, we're so a small site and it would really help um, us out. And We're looking to go bigger. We're looking to just go bigger, but just to keep having more conversations with people. You know, that's what it's really about. It, yes. it, what gives you the like impetus to keep doing this is 
talking to you guys yeah. about what you think about what you think what we're saying and when i say that i don't just mean tell us we're doing a good job if you don't like something we're saying please tell us you don't like something we're saying because we want to have that discussion with you guys so <laughs> we'll that, tell you why we're right do exactly. you not yeah. like the sound of my voice I don't, I don't give a shit because <laughs> I'm all over the place. <laughs> um, That's right. You do have some other stuff. I have a don't lot of you? I have a lot of stuff, but we'll get into that later. Um, so um, this week's releases, uh, we'll go over we'll go over a couple here from Dark Horse. I'm very excited because Mass Effect Invasion number four of four is coming out. I, I, it's it's. I will not discount you on that. It is the nerdy is very nerdy. It's the nerdiest book on the list. It is the nerdiest book on the list. Exactly. Mass Effect is a science fiction video RPG video game, and they made a comic series. That's kind of nerdy. It's yeah, very. Did you nerdy. read the latest issue of Mass Effect? Yeah, we're, we're going to get into something that's up your alley. That's just as nerdy, if not oh, more yeah. nerdy. Here we so, go. Here it comes. Um, I think there's a little book Diablo number two is coming out oh, from DC yeah. this week, which is also a computer only, a PC only. No, he's RPG. A, he's, hey, Rob from Tor Comics. I'm still waiting for my code. <laughs> um, he's a Fantastic Four villain from Number Thirty. What yeah, that's not. Yeah, it's but Blizzard. Who does Diablo World of Warcraft is life and Starcraft? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna quit when that game comes out. All right. From DC Comics, we have Batman Number Five, Yay. which is awesome. We have Birds of Prey Number Five, Blue Beetle Number Five, <laughs> Captain Adam Number Five. <laughs> Catwoman, number five. Meow. Uh, DC Universe Presents, number five. Diablo, number two, as I said. Yes, yes. Um, Fables, number 113. Green Lantern Corps, number five. Hellblazer, number 287. Legion of Superheroes, number five. Nightwing, number five. Red Hood and the Outlaws, number five, which are both books that Batman will <laughs> might appear in. <laughs> um, Supergirl, number five, which I'm really excited yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. That book's awesome. Um, Tiny Titans, number 48. Wonder Woman number five Sweet. and Young Justice number twelve. Also, there's a War of the Green Lanterns hardcover um, trade coming out. So, if you want to read some good Green Lantern stuff, you can check that out. Um, from Dynamite, we have Green Hornet number twenty one. Um, we have some number Lord of the Jungle number one, which has an Alex Ross cover. Oh. Um, Red Sonia number sixty two and Voltron number two. All right. Yeah. We haven't had our Ultron. our awesome, kidding, kind of okay. ridiculous title yet. Um, from IDW, we have Cobra number nine, which I believe is a GI Joe book. Meh. Uh, Danger Girl Revolver number one with a new character, apparently. Who oh, cares? really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ghostbusters number five, Memorial number two. Maybe. Star. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Star- Ringing endorsement, Star Trek number five, uh, Teenage Ninja Turtles number one, two, three, and four, Global Conquest Edition. Um, from Image, we have Artifacts number 13. We have Bomb Queen 7, Queen's World number two of four. Sweet. Uh, Chew number 23. Uh, Hack Slash number 12. Morning Glories number 15. Talked about that earlier. <laughs> Near Death number five, Profit number twenty one, um, and Xenoholics number four. A cheap week for me so far. Uh, here we go. We're in Marvel now. Okay. Oh, here uh, comes Amazing Spider Man number six seventy eight, Avengers number twenty one. Well, there's one I'm buying so far. Tomorrow. Avenging Spider Man number three. Yeah. Uh, Daredevil number eight. Yes. Um, Deadpool Max two number four. Needs to be more Deadpool books. You don't like Deadpool? No. Uh, that was created in the era you didn't like, right? That's very true. Yep. 
Rob Liefeld, right? I think it was the he, he yes, was, he was involved in creating that character. Uh, Ghost Rider number eight, Halo: Fall of Reach, Invasion number one of four, Invincible. Shut up, Steve. Invincible <laughs> Iron Man number five twelve. Hate Halo. Uh, John Carter, a Princess of Mars number yes. five of five, and also John Carter, the World of Mars number four of four. Um, Legion what? of Monsters number four. Um, what else we got here? Moon Knight number nine. Hey, it's hey. another Brian Michael Bendis <laughs> book. Uh, New Mutants number thirty six. Superior number seven of seven, Thunderbolts number one sixty nine. Yay! We have you excited about Ultimate Comics yeah. Spider Man number six, which I'm really excited about. Uncanny X Force number twenty, Uncanny X Men number five, Venom number twelve. Um, let's see X. No, that's the trade. That's some trade. Trade. Um, there's also a trade. Uh, Omnibus coming out with uh Chris Claremont and Jim Lee's X Men. There's an Omnibus. It's volume two, which I'm sure is like six million dollars. Yeah. Um, and, and, you, and you need a table to put them on. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it for the big books for this week. All right. So that's it. And that also brought Brongs. That also Brongs. That also brings Talking Comics to a close for this week. Good job. That's right. Would you shut the fuck <laughs> up? <laughs> and just before I forget, because we totally didn't mention this yet, I just need to say the name Jeff Lemire. Oh. Because we've said it on every other podcast, and it doesn't seem right to not at Jeff least Lemire. say it. Well, there's no Jeff Lemire books coming out next week. I know. I just felt like saying it, though, because, um, you know, we've managed to bring it up every other time. <laughs> the references to? Well, it's just because we bring up Jeff Lemire, writes Animal Man, and um, oh, okay. and Sweet Tooth, and Frankenstein, Asian of Shade, like every single episode. Because we love him so much. There's yeah, another printing of... You. Animal Man number two coming out. If that's hey, hey, it's like the fifth printing go. or something. So there you go. We could, we could have mentioned Applicable. it. Such a good book. Applicable. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so that's it for talking comics for this week. For Bob. Good evening. Steve. Goodbye. Stephanie. Toodaloo. I have been Bobby. <laughs> Until next week on Talking Comics. To be continued. <laughs> <laughs>